Next on BYU Sports Nation, what is BYU football's winning formula when it comes to beating Oklahoma as a 24 and a half point underdog? We're about to find out. And Jimmer Fredette joins the program to talk about qualifying for the Olympics and what he thinks about BYU beating San Diego State. It's a BYU men's hoop game day and Mark Pope's squad will look to build off an emotional win over San Diego State and Garrett and Jacob Sanford a BYU men's cross country preview how they are going to prepare to win another national championship back to Provo. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, November 15th. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with, for the first time, hosting BYU Sports Nation officially, Austin Colley. Welcome, man. It's good to be here. This feels great. It feels natural, <laughs> Spencer. I mean, where's Jerem? Jerem, Jerem might have been replaced. Of course it does. Hey, one of our good buddies, Taysom Hill, making some news in the NFL Hall of Fame for doing things that haven't been done since Frank Gifford played the game. Uh, it, it's remarkable, right? Taysom, uh, Taysom is, is probably one of the best all-around football players I've, I've ever witnessed, I've ever watched, right? Um, the fact that he's been able to do it in all facets of the game for so long, right? It's, it's pretty remarkable. And it's pretty awesome, right? To see your name in the Hall of Fame while all your, all your gear, that's pretty awesome. Well, I bring up Hall of Fame because you in your own right are a Hall of Famer at BYU. In fact, I had the pleasure of emceeing the banquet where you were inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. It was a great night. It was a great night. Probably one of the, uh, one of the best nights uh, and most rewarding nights I've had, right? Uh, being there with my family. But uh, pales in comparison to anything the NFL Hall of Fame throws at you. So congrats to Taysom. Well, in an alternate universe, and we'll talk about alternate universes in a moment, <laughs> Austin Colley is an NFL Hall of Famer somewhere in there, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for the love. Hey, all good, man. And in all seriousness, great to have you with us uh, on the show. It's time to rise and shout and get to a loaded edition of What's Trending. The season's not over by any means. We need to show up and show out. Lead up and down the field, and the pass is caught. We know our fans will bring it, we gotta bring it. Eyes and shout, as I said, not just for Austin Colley, but for an opportunity for BYU football to get back on track. What's trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. All right, Austin, we mentioned multiverses. So if all of you are familiar with Avengers Endgame, there is a sequence, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie, but what have you been doing if you haven't seen the movie? Doctor Strange goes in and examines all of the different ways that the Avengers can overthrow Thanos and like win this thing. And <laughs> right. there aren't many. He comes back and says, amidst approximately 14 million, there's, there's one. one. There's one. There's one. The good news is for BYU football, they're given a whopping 5% chance, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, to beat Oklahoma. But I need you to play the role of Doctor Strange today. Okay. So if we play this game a hundred times, essentially they're saying BYU only wins five. So go into that multiverse where BYU wins those five games. And Austin, a.k.a. Dr. Strange today, what does that winning formula require? Okay, first off, all right, I love, I love that I'm Dr. Strange because things are about to get a little strange. Okay? I'm going to need you to move your arms okay. like this. Yeah, I, I, we'll things. open up some portals here. <laughs> okay. All right? Um, 
You know, I, I listened to the show yesterday, right? Dave McCain said, you know, he had a great analogy of Mike Tyson, right? Taking Mike Tyson, one of the greatest ever to do it in his prime, all 10 or 12 rounds, whatever it was in boxing, yeah. right? I'm going to go ahead and add to that analogy. Okay. Okay. Before you even step in the ring with Mike Tyson, you have to believe, mm. right? You have to have the right mindset okay. to beat Mike Tyson and take him 10 rounds. The one thing that I've noticed about this BYU football team is I, I haven't seen I haven't seen those guys or 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 the individuals on the team that that show the belief, right? Okay. That that influence the belief amongst the other teammates, right? I I don't see the team ownership, right, yet from some of the captains, from some of of, of who we would see be the leaders of the squad. Okay. Um, I'm hoping that this last game kind of sparked some of that fire. Within Somebody some of to step leaders. up. Somebody to step up, say, give me the ball. Let me take it. Let me do magical things, right? Uh, and, and honestly, that, that, that's what it's going to take, right? I mean, Kalani can sit up there. All the coaches can tell him, this is your assignment. This is what you need to be doing. They can coach him up all they want. But deep down, when you get into a situation that BYU is in right now, I've been in that situation. My third year in the league, Peyton got hurt, had the neck injury. We went 2-14. and 14. That is a dark, dark place, yeah. right? Speaking of portals, that is not a portal <laughs> – you want to get into, right? And so it's going to take some mustering up by these by these captains, something different throughout this week of practice that's going to pull them out of that and and start to answer the call that the coaches have been giving to them every single week. Okay. Right? I love that. Okay, so the belief idea is a powerful one. And I'm actually going to throw my own analogy to that idea. Do it. I was talking to my brother Trevor yesterday, and I said, it kind of feels like while the guys – they say they believe and that they are trusting the process. If you're a plant, it's just been put in the soil and the roots are, are very fragile, right? right? So if a stiff wind of two turnovers and a 21-point deficit comes flying along in the game, that plant's dead on dead, Yes. right? Yep. So for BYU to truly believe, not just with the leadership building up, but when you get into the game, those leaders step up, they make a few plays. Let's say BYU is able to scrape together an early touchdown and they get a big stop or they get a turnover. Now you've watered the plant a little bit and that root starts to take hold. Yeah. I think the key is getting BYU to at least halftime with the roots in place and they're within a score and it's like, okay, maybe we can actually do this thing. Yeah. Awesome. They haven't done that in the past three weeks. The game has felt like it's been over midway through the second quarter in each of the last three losses. That plant's been dead. So how do you water the plant? I, I choose to believe that it's going to take some plays from the leaders, from the guys that believe and are showing it to make those roots grab in a little bit stronger. Something tells me it's, it's not going to take a uh, starting off with a 14-point deficit, right, <laughs> like we have in the, in the past couple weeks, right, yeah. uh, or, or, or you know, turning the ball over twice within the first five minutes. Uh, but you're absolutely right. In football, we call that starting fast. Yes. And I have yet to see BYU start fast one game. We love to start with our back up against the wall, which – doesn't help the confidence, yeah. doesn't help that belief system. But, I mean, we're to the point now in the season where we can talk X's and O's all we want, but now, I mean, it, they know what they know. Nothing's going to change. They are who they are. They are who they are. The only thing that's going to change is what's going up on upstairs yeah. psychologically, right? Like, are, do you believe that you're going to win this game, and what is your attitude in, right as the ball is kicked off? I can think of one fast start. And all of the Power 5 opponents that BYU has faced this season, it happened against Texas Tech. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Everything else, 
I mean, you could call Cincinnati with the pick six on the first play a fast start, but then BYU didn't do anything until under a minute remaining in the first half. They trailed in that game. So they got the pick six and then nothing. So I don't even know if I'd qualify that as fast start. It's only really against Texas Tech. And that game, how, how did that game feel, BYU fans? Right. That was a totally different experience. BYU got to five and two, and it's like, okay, this team can play because they finally had the fast start. Is there anything that BYU can do specifically to, to give themselves a better chance of having a fast start? I point to just ball security first and foremost. Not, not turn the ball over. Just, just hold simple. on to the ball. Right? Don't turn the ball over. Don't give the ball to the other team. Don't give them a chance to take the ball or take, you know, take the ball all the way down the field, get in the end zone, right? Like it's, it's simple fundamentals um, when, when it comes with this team. Again, like I said, all the X's and O's, man, that, that stuff is already going to happen, right? There's going to be mistakes made, but it just comes down to the psychology or the, the psychological mindset of, of these players and if they're going to be able to overcome because Oklahoma is going to score. Oklahoma is going to get turnovers, but how do we respond? When we get a turnover, how do we continue to build on that momentum that yeah. we have? And BYU and their wins have been opportunistic off those turnovers. You just saw one of those for those watching on TV of Parker Kingston taking the first play after a big turnover against Arkansas and scoring a touchdown, and it was like, okay, the game has changed. You look at the offensive struggles. In the multiverse, Austin, yes. what does BYU need from the offense aside from not turning the ball over. Because in wins and losses, the total offense has kind of been a wash. It's been right around 300 yards whether they win or lose. Right. We talked about opportunity. What, what's needed in the multiverse for BYU's offense to help win the game against Oklahoma? We, we, we got to be surgical, right? Like every down matters. And I think, you know, what was highlighted there on the screen, staying out of third and long, right? I've said it all year. You have to stay out of third and long, especially with Oklahoma, right? They're going to be bringing pressure. Uh, and so when we're in third and short, we have a far better chance. Um, and it, that, that was one thing that I loved about that, uh, uh, that I loved about Jake, right? Like Jake, um, and I know right now we're unsure about who's going to be starting a quarterback, right? Um, Keaton, obviously far more experienced, probably going to be a little bit more confident going out against an Oklahoma. Um, but one thing I did, I did respect and did love about Jake was his ability to, to, to create on his feet, yeah. on the run, yeah, right? Sure. And, and there were some instances where it was a broken play, but we were still able to get to a third and four, third and three situation, which allowed us to be a little bit more productive on that third down and, and you know, uh, get the first downs, right? Which is what we're going to have to do against this Oklahoma team. We're going to have to find ways to create points, right? Uh, when you play teams like this, it, you can't depend just on your typical offense. There are going to be things that need to happen in the defense, right? And I'm not talking just – you know, uh, plus two in the turnover margin or plus three in the turnover margin, but maybe a, a plus two in the tur- turnover margin with points also coming from those turnovers, yes. right? Yes. Uh, points in the special teams department. Like there are going to be ways or need to have ways to create points in order for us to win this game. Okay, so let's summarize thus far in this multiverse where yeah. BYU beats Oklahoma. One, there needs to be an increased measure of belief, and you can quantify that however you want. But right. There needs to be more leadership, more accountability, leading to belief. And once the game begins, there's ball security. So BYU wins the Starting turnover fast. margin. There's a fast start. You win the turnover margin and then get to third and short. So does that mean in your multiverse, Jake Retzloff is the starting quarterback? No. No, I, I, I mean, that's ultimately up to the coaches, right? I mean, I think we've seen the QBs up to this point. I don't think anyone's done anything that's just been absolutely spectacular. 
I think in my mind, you go with the seniority, you go with the guy who's been in these situations before that may not, you know, get overwhelmed. I think what you said yesterday on the show, odds are we, we will see both quarterbacks. I think we will. Right? Like yeah. that, that's probably going to happen. Whether they start off with Jake uh, and then, and, and if Jake doesn't perform as well as we'd want or doesn't give us the right chance, we figure out, the, you know, he, he's not doing what, uh, what we had expected him to. I, I do see Keaton coming in or vice versa. I see Keaton coming in. Maybe, you know, injury's still nagging him yeah. a little bit, right? And then we see Jake come in. But I, I do think we see both quarterbacks tomorrow. Okay, so let's just say that BYU wins the turnover battle. Yeah. Say they're plus. This game goes perfect. Okay. Okay. They, they win the turnover margin. It's plus one. Yep. And they score a touchdown at least on one of those turnovers. Let's say they, it's two to one, and BYU has ten points off turnovers, and Oklahoma has three. So BYU yeah. wins the points off turnover and the turnover margin. It, do, you, do you give BYU the significant advantage there, or does it need to be like a significant gap in the turnover margin and points off turnovers? I think it needs to be everything. Okay. Like, okay. And, 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 and I hate to break it to you. It is still going to be an uphill battle, bro. Yes. Yeah. Like, it is still going to be a grinder. Like, this is an Oklahoma team. They're, they're, they're number one in the Big 12. This offense knows how to score. We're going to have to match them step for step. And, and where our offense is at, I do not expect them to be able to do that yeah. the way we've been playing. So, like I said, the, the defense is going to have to step up and score. Special teams is going to have to step up and score. <laughs> like, we are going to be asking everything from everybody, Right. Yeah. Like, the, the guy making the Cougar tells, they got to be extra special. There are okay. a lot of things that had to happen in Avengers Endgame yep. to defeat Thanos. A lot of stuff, right? And it's, if we're drawing comparisons here, a lot of things are going to be required for BYU to, one, be in the game, yep. and to win it. This is the reality. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay it's where we're to at. accept the reality that, that BYU does have a 5% chance of winning this game. Yeah. Like, some people said, I feel like that's too high, Spencer. And I was like, whoa, okay, come on. It's senior day. Senior day. It's Oklahoma day. at home. At less. Yes. It, th- that stuff matters. How much does it matter that it is senior day, Austin? Uh, I mean, again, it comes down to the players, right? Like, if I'm a senior man and this is my last day, like, I came out as a junior. Yeah. I didn't have a senior day. But I'll tell you what, if, if I did have a senior day, I would have made sure to leave my mark, right? Yeah. With coming out. Last time I'm performing in front of that crowd could be the last time I'm, I'm performing in front of a crowd like that. Um, Your buddies Max and Dennis did in their senior day against Utah. Okay, exactly. Andrew George. Andrew George as Big well. game winner. All of those guys. Right? Like, uh, I, I want to leave my mark. And, 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 and uh, yeah, you may want to zoom in for this. To all the seniors, right? This is the last time you will get to play the game of football. And I'm telling you, it is a downhill slope from here, brother. Right? Like, Football is the greatest game, uh, and, and you only get this moment one time in your life. If you don't take advantage of it now, I promise you there's going to be a day that you regret it, right? So leave everything you got out on the field uh, and leave no doubt of what your impact was going to be to the BYU football team or what has been your impact to the BYU football team. Let's go ahead and verbally punctuate that. Yeah. Well said, Austin. Our question of the day is this, ESPN gives BYU a 5% chance chance rather to beat Oklahoma. So with that in mind, in your opinion, what is the winning formula for BYU to pull off a stunner against Oklahoma? And we've said it earlier this week, the last time BYU was this big of an underdog, it's 24 points right now, was when they were a 26-point dog to USC, a team that won the national championship behind Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, Yeah. 
and Lendell White. You were a freshman. I was a tr- true frosh. Me and Dennis Pitta, just in awe of the talent. <laughs> Lindell White that was on the field, right? Dwayne Jarrett. Like, it was uh, – and, and I'll tell you what, the first half, man, we had him on the ropes, and then Reggie Bush decided to play, and that was the end of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's hope BYU's defense can, you know, stop the likes of Dylan Gabriel from ever getting into that mode of playing. I, I hope so. But, like, okay. this Oklahoma team is not that USC team. Arguably one of the best college football teams to ever play. All right, no argument for me. Right. That was an unbelievable squad. Unbelievable. Okay, so BYU 24-point underdog this Saturday. They were 26-point dog against USC. At DJ Danny Jackson answers on X and says, all right, his key, get to over 400 yards of offense. BYU hasn't done that all year. What have we averaged? 300 yards. BYU has not hit the 400-yard plateau once all season, which just seems insane. Yeah, no, it's going to be a must if we want to win this game. It seems insane. So he says get to over 400 yards of offense. Oklahoma is 3-8 and all time under head coach Brent Venables when they give up 400-plus yards. Ooh, I love that stat. How about that stat? I love that stat. Okay, let's go ahead, and, cir- let's go ahead and circle that one. Did huh? we just go up to 7%? <laughs> if BYU has 400 yards, how, how much better do the chances become? I mean, that's a question right there. All right. Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. We'll add one more from David Blaine German on Facebook who says, BYU's plus two in the turnover margin, 100-plus yards rushing for BYU, they have 30 fewer penalty yards than Oklahoma, and that is something that it really has hurt BYU in the past few games. It's just, oh, just gut-wrenching penalties. Plus seven or more yards in field position battle. That's a huge number. I'd take, like, plus four or five. <laughs> that would give BYU a chance. All those things, just a chance, not a guarantee or a win. Simple enough, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of things have to go right for BYU here. It's, it's got to go perfect. Okay. Join the conversation on social media anytime through the show. All right, Austin, what's coming up? Join us Saturday for another edition of BYU Sports Nation Game Day Live from Cougar Canyon. It's always lit, as my son says, in Cougar Canyon, as the crew gets you ready for kickoff between BYU and number 14, Oklahoma. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. Eastern on BYU TV and ESPN+. Breakfast and football. Let's go. Up next, Jimmer Mania making its way to the Olympics in Paris. Hey, yo. And the man himself is going to join us next to discuss what it took to get there. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This is one of the best scores in the country. Jimmer doesn't just do it for the outside. And when for Dan is feeling it. Jimmer Fredette headed to Paris and the Olympics playing three-on-three basketball for the red, white, and blue. Alongside Austin Colley, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's go ahead and bring in the man. Jimmer Fredette joins us from a moving vehicle. He's a man that is a multitasker. (laughs) Jimmer, welcome to the show. We appreciate your fitness into your busy schedule, man. Man, yeah, definitely always have time for you guys. I'm on the way to the mall to do some Christmas shopping for the kids. And uh, I am not driving. Don't worry. My (laughs) wife is driving, so we are not breaking any laws on BYU Sports Nation today. But uh, I appreciate you guys letting me be on the show. What's what's on the Christmas list for the kiddos? Just out of curiosity. Oh, man. Pretty much anything that comes on Disney Junior's uh, commercials. (laughs) 
every Absolutely. time they come on they're just like yeah they're just like i want that and i want that and i want that and they don't know what it is and we have to sit there and pretty much uh write it down but uh, a lot of a lot of uh sharks and legos <laughs> and hot wheels for my son a lot of dolls and uh disney princesses um though and like school type thing coloring like that type of stuff for my daughter wesley and then for the 18 month old gray we kind of get her whatever i love, <laughs> yeah. love it yeah that that works we appreciate this, the yeah, hustle sure. to get this done before Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm I'm su- before Thanksgiving. That's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We, no. We don't. We don't mess around at the household. When he loves to get things done, and we we get to relax all of December. We just you know we just worry about the elf on the shelf and making sure Hermie's good. <laughs> so I love it. Outstanding. Jimmer Fredette is with us on his way to do some Christmas shopping, but we're talking hoops as well. Obviously, we want to dive into your pursuit and accomplishment of getting to the Olympics in three-on-three basketball, but we got we got to discuss San Diego State before that, right? Jimmer, when you watch BYU dominate San Diego State, how do you go or where do you go emotionally when you watch that happen? Uh, it's, man, I mean, so many great memories there, right? Just uh, I just remember their Marriott Center rocking, and I'm sure that it was very, very similar uh, this last uh, game that they just had because, you know, one of the first home games, obviously against the ranked opponents who uh, made it to the finals last year in, the, in March Madness. I mean, I knew it was going to be such a, a great atmosphere at that game. The Rock showed out, I'm sure. And uh, for the uh, Cougars to come out with a win was huge. Obviously, they played just great basketball, team basketball, uh, tough win, and I'm super happy for those guys. But I know that uh, – that, that night felt really great for, for everybody in BYU, BYU Nation. Jimmer Fredette is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, uh, if you had one bit of advice for BYU to maintain this level, the standard that they showed against San Diego State, because naturally sometimes there's letdown. So how do you avoid that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, I'm sure, obviously, it starts with the, the coaching staff and also the, uh, the, the captains of the team to make sure that that next day at practice, you make it seem like you didn't do anything. Uh, you didn't do anything, basically. You won a game, right? That's all it is. Now you move on to the next one. Every game is as important as the next. And uh, you need to make sure that, in, you know, in the film and, 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 uh, and, and in practice, you're still working on the things that you need to get better at. Yeah, of course, it's it's great to win. You want to be able to do that, but it's something that has to be an expectation for you, not necessarily something that's, you know, f- just fun to do. It's something that's an expectation, and now you expect to win the next game. So you have to keep keep putting the f- uh, foot on the gas, making sure that you're getting better with your teammates and, uh, you know, progressing every day. Jimmer, I, I, I want to pivot to the Olympics real quick, okay? Because as a, as a former professional athlete, I can't imagine uh, the experience of being able to qualify for something that, like that. Not only continuing to play the game that you love, but now playing for potentially a gold medal, right? What has that experience been like yeah. so far? Because every time I talk to you, Jimmer and I talk on a weekly basis, right? Shout out Tan Adventures. We're both partners at Tan and we yeah. work together. Um, but what, what has that experience been like for you? It's been unbelievable. I mean, when I grew up, uh, you know, the Olympics was absolutely my favorite event, uh, of all sporting events. I watch every single event that's in it. Um, doesn't matter. I just love the fact that there is an opportunity for people to go out there and, and put their best foot forward and be able to, 
show the world uh, that they're the best in the world at something, whatever it is. And it's a lot of times it's not very mainstream sports. And for me, you know, it was basketball. That was something that I could possibly do in the Olympics. But then I, once I realized I wouldn't be on the five on five team, I never thought I'd have an opportunity to play at the Olympics until, you know, this three on three basketball came to my attention this last year and got involved. And then I was all in at that point. I was like, if this is an opportunity to make the Olympics and possibly win a gold medal, play for my country, um, I'm all in. So it's been an unbelievable experience up to this point. And I'm super excited to be able to hopefully represent the USA in, uh, in Paris in 2024. As you were just talking about that, Jimmer, I couldn't help but envision you and your teammates and Team USA walking out in the opening ceremonies in Paris. How surreal yeah, is that going to be? Good. That's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I can't even think about it. Honestly, it hasn't really hit me yet at this point. Um, it's just it's incredible to think about. But I've heard that, honestly, we won't even be walking. We'll be on boats, and they'll be floating down the river. Wow. In the, uh, in the, during the opening ceremonies, is a little spoiler, what I've heard from – so far. So, uh, I mean, I can't wait. I'm just excited to get some USA gear, oh. uh, some of the Ralph Lauren stuff that they have. And I mean, goodness gracious. I, 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 was, be, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, bro, like that, that to me, <laughs> forget the game, forget the gold medal. Like give me the swag, bro. You know, you, you know us, you know, us athletes in our swag, like we're used to getting free stuff, uh, through the, uh, you know, through your school and, you know, professionally. And then once that goes away, you're like, man, where's my free stuff? You know, the, the mall just doesn't give it out for free. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it. So, so answer me this. Okay. Hypothetically, we go in, all right, we win the gold medal. Where does that sit on the bookshelf? Okay. In terms of ranking compared yeah. to the Naismith. Yeah. I mean, for me, it would be the number one just because it's a gold medal. I mean, that's that's incredible to think about. Obviously, the Naismith was uh, an unbelievable time and, and, you know, right up there. But just to have a gold medal is something that not many people can say that they have in this world um, and just would be an, an unbelievable experience. I, I would wear it daily. <laughs> Every outfit, yeah, I'd I have know, the gold I'm medal like, wrapped around my – I'm a gold medal winner. Every time I walk here, yeah, I'm a gold medal winner. It'd be, I'd just, yeah, that's how I introduce myself from now on, if that's the, if that's the case. <laughs> Jimmer Ferdette is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Just to kind of summarize what you had to go through to qualify, because, I mean, we've, we've talked about all of your wins and, and everything you've done traveling the country, but if you're explaining that to someone for the first time about what it actually took to qualify, what were the requirements and yeah. what did you have to do to help people understand just how difficult this is? Yeah, no, this was not easy. Um, so this last six months, you know, I've been literally all over the world, everywhere from Mongolia to Santiago, Chile, to, uh, you know, places in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia um, and all over Europe, just literally everywhere um, to play these basketball events. And in order to, you know, qualify the Olympics, you basically have to play and a ton of different events and you got to accumulate enough points so that your country can be in the top three countries in the world and points for, you know, three on three basketball. And we've been fortunate enough to be number two right now. Serbia is number one, China's number three. So us three are the ones that have gotten automatic bids to the Olympics. And now there's five other countries that get to go to Olympic qualifying tournaments to play their way in. And that's not easy to do because in three on three basketball, you never know what can happen 
um, you know, it's game to 21 or first to 10, whatever, or the first to 10 minutes, whatever comes first. And so anything can happen in those games. And a lot of times they're single elimination uh, once you get to the knockout round. So we wanted to qualify automatically, but there was a lot of travel, a lot of hard work, a lot of ups and downs, um, but mostly ups. And uh, we've been fortunate to to qualify. But yeah, it's been a crazy six months. And shout out to to my wife, Whitney, for holding it down at the, at the house while, you know, I've been kind of all over the place. So she's been incredible and and uh, being, being supportive in me to to go out there and reach my dream. Yeah, no question. And personified in the fact that she's driving you to the mall right now so you can do this interview. Like, she she does it all, yeah. for sure. She, um, do, she does it all. <laughs> so you mentioned the three automatic qualifiers. Um, just to clarify, are there five additional teams that will qualify in this tournament? Or how many teams will eventually be involved once you get to Paris? Yeah, there's eight. So it's eight countries. One team from each country. So, yeah, three. the top three country in, point earns, uh, in points uh, get qualified. So that's us, uh, Serbia and China, and then five other teams, they have three qualifying tournaments. So okay. what happens is two of the qualifying tournaments are the team that wins it is in. And then the last qualifying tournament, the top three get into the Olympics. So there'll be eight total. And, uh, then from there you, uh, you know, have that tournament. So it's, it's pretty competitive to get in. And that's why, you know, everyone wanted to get an automatic qualifying bid. And mm. fortunately we were able to do it. All right, Jimmer, just because we have one of your good buddies, Austin Colley, on the show today, I'd like you to rewind in your mind and explain what it was like for you as, in a way, a fellow athlete at BYU to watch Austin Colley do his thing at the highest level of college football. What, yeah, what was, what was Austin Colley yeah. like for you as a BYU football player? Yeah, what, what was it like for hey. you, Jimmer? <laughs> It, it was it was one of the best experiences at BYU, right? Watching Austin play. I, I mean, those guys were great. Like I loved watching football. I grew up as a football player as well. I grew up as a wide receiver, so I used to watch Austin and be like, "Man, that guy can play." But I just remember that that catch on fourth and eighteen versus Utah, um, you know, and the the down the sideline, and and then not just at BYU though. I mean, Austin made an immediate impact in the NFL playing with the Colts and, and with Peyton Manning and just, you know, he became like his guy right away. And that's just a testament to what Austin could do, uh, you know, physically, but also mentally putting the time in, um, you know, on and off the field to make sure that, uh, you know, a guy like Peyton Manning had trust in him. So it's, Check, checks uh, in the yeah, mail, I have a lot of respect. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're ten grand to say that. Yeah, ten, ten, well, ten grand coming your that. way, buddy. Uh, no, you're, you're you're too kind, and 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 likewise, man. I I uh, I remember during the lockout 2010, right, watching Jimmer take those guys all the way to the uh, the Sweet 16 on a daily basis, right. And Jimmer mania was real, and it wasn't just confined to Cougar Nation, man. It was it was national wide. Uh, and still is, man. I get questions about Jimmer all the time. In fact, I tell people I work with Jimmer. They're like, uh, when can I talk to him? Right? They don't care about me, but they're like, you work with Jimmer? Yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, it, it, anyways, I, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Right on, man. All right, Jimmer, we'll finish with this. Um, what did the next six to eight months look like for you as you prepare for the Olympics? Yeah, so we have one more tournament here uh, coming up in the beginning of December. It's the World Tour Final, so that'll finish up the season. Then after that, I'll take a few months off, um, you know, kind of get my body right mentally and, and physically be with the family, go through the holiday season, enjoy it. Um, and then after that, um, you know, get right, right back into the grind of uh, 
getting ready for the Olympics. And I hope to be able to, you know, work out as hard as I possibly can and be in the best, best three on three shape that I can be in going into this next season. Um, you know, this is important to me and I'll get right back into the ground. And, and I love that, you know, I, I'm always a person that loves to work out, keep getting better. And, and with three on three, that's something that I can continue to get better at. So it's, it's exciting for me and uh, I'm ready to get back into the, into the off season. I know, I know it's uh it's good when I'm excited to get into the off season and get ready to play. Let's go. Jimmer. So great to talk to you, man. Great to talk to you, buddy. So, so thrilled for yeah. you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas shopping yes. to you and Whitney. Yeah. Send me some ideas, please. <laughs> I got you. Once I get in there, I'll let you know. Appreciate right, it guys. Take care, it's Jimmer. Fun. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Talk okay. to you. Bye. The great Jimmer for dead on BYU sports nation. BYU men's hoops. Returns to action tonight against Southeastern Louisiana. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio with tip-off at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. After the break, we just asked Jimmer this question. How do the Cougar Hoopsters avoid a letdown emotionally tonight after such a big win against San Diego State? We'll offer you our opinions in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. B, I am Spencer Linton. He is Austin Colley. Let's roll out today's headlines. Start us off, Austin. BYU football returned to practice yesterday after an off day on Monday. Defense coordinator Jay Hill spoke to the media after practice about how the team is looking to get back on track against the big Oklahoma. Guys are upset and frustrated. None of our guys want to lose three in a row, for sure. And so, right now, it's just a matter of you got knocked off your bike, get your, get your butt back on it and get going. And I thought today's practice was outstanding, one of the best Tuesdays we've had in a long time. And I thought that that showed the resolve of this team and the toughness. And I fully suspect that they're going to come out and play great Saturday. Pre-game coverage for Saturday's game against the Sooners begins at 10 a.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And in other football news, BYU quarterbacks coach Gennaro Guilford, shout out to Coach G, was named one of the 2023 Broyles Award nominees, which is awarded to the best assistant coach in college football and well-deserved. Great job, Gennaro. Absolutely. Outstanding work he's done with the defensive backs this year. BYU men's basketball returns to action tonight against Southeastern Louisiana. Looking to go 3-0. Pre-game coverage 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tip-off at 9 Eastern. Big 12 now on ESPN+. And just so you know, Andy Katz, one of the premier analysts, has BYU ranked number 29 in his Katz Power 36 rankings. They're getting a lot of mileage out of that win over San Diego State. I love that, man. You beat the 16th team in the country, now you're in the discussion. Go, right? BYU women's basketball, strong start for them. Beat Utah Valley last night, 59 to 44, thanks to double doubles from both Lauren Gustin and Kaylee Woolston. Great job, girls. Gustin scored 13 points and grabbed a game-high 21 rebounds while Wilson scored a game-high 19 points and pulled down 10 rebounds. Amari Whiting was one rebound away from her own double-double with 13 points and nine rebounds, along with two steals, including this sweet sequence right before halftime. Let's check it out. Up by seven at 26-19, Whiting. Spinning. Beautiful move by Amari Whiting. The steal, taking it away from Jenna Dick, and she scores it at the hoop, and she picks her pocket again! Amori Whiting, back-to-back -back steals and buckets! Up next 
is a trip to Hawaii to play two games in the North Shore Showcase starting with Wake Forest on Saturday and maybe a little surfing in between. I don't let's, know. Let's go. BYU men's cross country and track and field announced the signings of three runners yesterday, highlighted by the number one ranked cross country runner in all the land. His name is Daniel Simmons. He's out of American Fork and he joins the 24 recruiting class, which also includes Landon Haymeyer out of Meridian, Idaho and Tyler Matthews from Mesa, Arizona. On to swim and dive we go. BYU swim and dive are on the road competing in two different invitationals this weekend, starting today with Mizzou Invitational, the Mizzou Invitational. And BYU women's, go women's golf announces their 2024 recruiting class as well, signing two athletes, Ava Schrader out of Twin Falls, Idaho, and Kanyanol Aramkul out of Bangkok, Thailand. Well, it was the international sport. They internationally recruit. Great job with the name, yeah, by the way. I appreciate that. Those are today's headlines. Now, a very quick edition of The Whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I'll start with this, Austin. Oklahoma coach Brent Venables said that BYU football is a little bit like the 2022 Oklahoma team, calling the Cougars kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Is that a good way to describe how BYU has played this season? I, I think to a point, right? Like we, we come out, we go to SEC country, we beat Arkansas, and then we lay an egg at home against Iowa State, right? Uh, so I think that there is something to that, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think these last few games, we've kind of showed this consistent, uh, you know, stream of, of kind of losing, having this losing mentality. We got to get out of it. Yeah. Be the, uh, the Hyde part of it or the Jekyll part of it. I don't know which one. Well, I think if you get a few uh, turnovers, big plays early on, there's a fast start, then then just maybe the better version shows up, right? I, I, I hope so. Spencer, how do you expect BYU's men's hoops to look tonight after last week's emotional win over the San Diego State Aztecs? I believe in this team's ability to not hang on to a big win that much. Like, there might be a little bit of rust, a little I mean, bit of a slow game of the season. A little bit of a slow excited. start. Yeah. But I believe that this team is like, look, we we haven't really proven anything. In fact, that's that's been the whole like overall consensus for them is like we we beat San Diego State, but like we still have a long way to go to prove like we're actually ready for the Big 12. So I don't, I mentally I don't think that they're thinking, yeah, we made it, we beat San Diego State. Yeah. So early. Yeah. So maybe a little rust tonight, but I think they'll be ready to play. I think they're going to win by 15 plus. I love it. Love it. I think there's emotionally. Uh, there's still going to be a little bit of a high, maybe some momentum off that sure. off that game. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, right, it's only the second game of the season. Let's not get too excited. Southeastern Louisiana is good. Like, they're a decent team in their conference. Um, expected to do some okay things there. So, yeah, but 12 to 15 point win, I think, is where we stand. Okay. Love it. All right. What else is on the way, my brother? Uh, what has been... Uh, or how, yeah, what has been the uh, most impressive thing about uh, the three-no start for BYU women's hoops? Um, well, I think it's the freshmen for sure, and uh, hey, they're going to Hawaii, brother. So, like they they're in danger of a little bit of a letdown, right? Okay, you yeah. can't let down in Hawaii. Okay, so they they're put on notice a little bit to go and place the two best teams they're going to have faced all season in Wake Forest and St. Louis, but. Now, their young players have been so good with some injured players out. Can you focus on Hawaii? <laughs> we don't have enough time to talk about that. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we can, right? <laughs> that is a challenge for sure. All right. Tell the people what's coming up on Saturday. Why don't you? Okay, fine. I will. Hey, you're so demanding on the show. <laughs> Cougar pregame live with Greg Rebell, Hans Olsen, Mitch Jurgens, and Jason Shepard. Get you ready for kickoff between BYU and 14th-ranked Oklahoma coverage at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. And up next, I go 
One on two with the twins from BYU Men's Cross Country, Garrett and Jacob Stanford, about nationals, sibling rivalries, and dude, they created a sweet app. Wait till you hear about this. Can't wait. BYU Sports Nation. Love. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. Recently had the chance to speak with not one but two men's cross country performers and they happen to be siblings. They are Garrett and Jacob Stanford. They're entrepreneurs. They're excellent athletes. Here's that two-on-one -on -one conversation. Garrett and Jacob Stanford, congratulations on qualifying for nationals first and foremost with BYU uh, men's cross country. Incredible stuff that Ed Eyestone and company are doing. How are you feeling about your performance to this point in the season. Garrett, we'll start with you. Totally. I, we as a team are so collectively excited. Um, we have had an incredible run this year. We've maintained our podium ranking throughout the entire season, which has been phenomenal. Uh, being in the Big 12 has invited some super powerful competition. So that's also been really fun to um, practice for nationals with some of the best in the country. And so, yeah, we're super excited for this last dance coming up this weekend. Yeah, Jacob, same question for you. As you look back at what you've accomplished thus far this season, how do you feel about it all? I'm feeling so excited. This team is ready. We've got some of the best talent in the nation here. Some of the most humble guys I've ever met um, in our coaches and our athletes. Uh, we've surpassed a lot of challenges, um, a lot of injuries, a lot of difficult races. But I would say that we're ready more than ever for, for Saturday for nationals. Outstanding. Now, Garrett, you mentioned training with the Big 12 teams and being in a different conference. What has been the biggest difference in terms of just atmosphere and environment that you've noticed in, in your time at BYU as they've moved from the West Coast Conference to a Power 5 level on the Big 12? Absolutely. Well, this actually gets into one of the things we want to talk about today, which is the app that we created. Um, one of the coolest parts of being now in this new conference in the Big 12 is the new race venues we get to go to. So we've traveled all over the country um, in all these new places with great programs. And what's been so cool about that is consistently there is a loud crowd for BYU at each of these cross country races. It doesn't matter if we're in Iowa or Texas or anywhere, there's just a fantastic level of support. I think it speaks to the strength of the athletics program as a whole. Jacob, let's stay with the app. I mean, not only have uh, you and the team been brilliant on the track in those raucous environments where BYU fans are, but how did this idea come about to, to create something that would engage fans in a new way specific to this sport? Right. Um, well, I was thinking this was over the summer. I was racking my brain about how I can help the cross country team in, in any way that the summer is all focused on, on cross country for us. And I realized, you know, we don't have a rock. We don't have a stadium. It's kind of hard for BYU students or fans across the entire nation, aside from those places that we are racing in to kind of interact with our performances. I was uh, a big, you know, BYU fan as big as I got as a high schooler. Um, but I couldn't really interact with the team much more than following up with results. So I decided, well, I, I know how to code. I know how to make apps. What if I made an app where players or, you know, fans were able to just interact with us by saying, I got my, my bets on this guy, not money, of course, but my, my uh, proverbial money is on this guy doing well, or I know this guy's been training hard. I saw him in high school races. I saw him last year on the track. I bet you he's going to do good. And so that kind of sprouted into the idea that we got today where you're able to place predictions for the upcoming race, 
completely for free. And if you do well on those predictions, then you can even win prizes. So, so can we call it fantasy cross country? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think uh, we just wanted to to join that excitement uh, with other fantasy programs, but no, what's really fun about it is that there's this level of interaction now with the fans that is not really heard of in cross country. And so we think that it's a really fun experience for anyone to try um, we had a lot of fun working with many members of BYU faculty to get it NCAA compliant and other and other um, marketing services, which has been really great. We just want to extend a, a big shout out to how incredible BYU as a as a university has embraced our entrepreneurial idea and ran with it with us. So, what's the response been like uh, th thus far in and since the release to where it has grown to at this point? <clears throat> It's been really incredible. It was trending on the App Store on its first uh, launch day. It hit over 500 downloads on that launch day as well, um, which has been just awesome, you know, to see. Uh, it shows that there are all these fans that um, for our great cross-country program are ready to um, be engaged with. Uh, the, the app does more than predictions. It also shows who's on the team. It shows where we're racing in the in the country and and things like that, too. So it's it's also an informational app as well. For those that want to get involved and want to go find this, how do they get it and download it to their phones and their devices? Right. So like we mentioned, it's an app. It's available on the App Store. It's completely free. Um, we're working on other platforms as well. Right now, it's just on the App Store. So just go on and search BYUXC. Uh, we have all the appropriate, you know, trademark agreements and everything. This is our individual product that we made, but you're able to download it. You're able to find it and and enjoy it. Awesome stuff. Okay, now let's turn our attention back to the races ahead. Once you get on the course at, at Nationals, and I think to adequately do that, let's review what happened in Lubbock uh, and the performance in Regionals. What happened at Regionals that makes you both feel like you're a team to contend with for a national championship once again when you do get to the Nationals? Absolutely. One of the most incredible things about our program is our depth. We have just an overwhelming number of incredibly a like just a list athletes, um, and so it's hard in cross country. You only get seven. You only get seven racers at the national meet. However, the advantage that we have having so many guys that on other programs might be within their top five. Uh, maybe there are eight, nine, and ten. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly on days we're eight, our eight, nine, and ten on our team as well. We have the chance to rest some of our top talent. That's Creed Thompson, Aiden Troutner, guys that are ready to be All-Americans again um, and, and really contend for that national title. Um, we can rest them at our regional meet, which is what we did. Um, and our guys, our next few can, can, take, uh, can take the responsibility of qualifying for nationals, which is a feat in, in of its own, right? Only a couple of teams get to go. Um, but that's something that we got to participate in this this uh, past weekend. We got to qualify for regionals while resting a lot of our top talent. Outstanding. Okay, let's talk a little bit about rivals for a moment. I know that Northern Arizona was the team that kind of just made you feel a certain way whenever you saw one of those jerseys, those colors for a long time. And maybe it's still that way. But since moving into the Big 12, has has Oklahoma State at all taken that role a little bit away from NAU? Oh, definitely a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they're great programs. We're a great program. And so all of, that's the three top three teams in the country going into this uh, into this last race. Um, I definitely think that there was more attention towards um, Oklahoma State. Now that we're in the same conference as them, they're a great team in their own right. And it was really fun to go against them. 
NAU, of course, is a great team as well. Um, they've had a dynasty the last uh, six of the last seven years. They've won nationals with just us inserting into one of those years as the national champions in 2019. But um, so both teams really great. Um, the rivalry is is strong, uh, but at off the track, we're they're great guys, and we get to interact with them and cool down with them too. And so um, they're uh, they're they push us to be our best, and we wouldn't have it any other way. So that's why we love the Big Twelve and we love nationals. You feel that brotherly rivalry between the two of you? <laughs> That's you a good. Beat each there. other on the track, and then you love each other after. Sure. Okay. It's really funny, actually, uh, Spencer. There's there's been this like tally of who beats the other each race, and so I can <laughs> I can promise you that that really contributes to our own rivalry. That's probably stronger than than anything else, at least for ourselves, right? So great to speak with both of you, uh, brilliant young men. Again, in your athletic feats and in what you're doing on the entrepreneurial front. Uh, we love to watch it. We're so thankful that we can cast a, a spotlight on it. And hopefully some BYU fans going download the app. That sounds okay. good. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah, no, it's just, we're super grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back with our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated answering this. With a 5% chance to beat Oklahoma according to ESPN, what is the winning formula for BYU to upset Oklahoma? Drew Wallace on Facebook answers, don't start the game down 10 to 14 points. Austin? Yeah, that's going to be a big one. Simple enough. And, and get that mindset ready. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Who gets it today, Austin? Yeah, shout out to Coach Gennaro Guilford for doing a great job coaching up Eddie Hecker, Jacob Robinson, and Cam Garrett. The stat that I love yes. is that those three have accounted for or played a part in 60% of the turnovers Woo! this season, right? Like, that's a great stat. That's the incredible. Quarters and secondary has been awesome uh, uh, this year. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to Coach Gilford. All right, our thanks to today's guests, Jimmer Fredette, Garrett, and Jacob Stanford. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Hall of Famers inducted prior to 2023 only on this segment of Sports Nation, baby. <laughs> for Austin Colley, I'm Spencer Linton. We'll see you tonight for BYU Men's Basketball, 9 Eastern, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. Go Kooks! <laughs>